Welcome to Investors Insights. Our topic today is market overreaction. We appreciate you joining us today. And as we move forward in this dialogue with my distinguished colleagues, Bobby Norman, Trey Booth, and Adam Van Zant, our portfolio strategies uh, section of Five Plan Partners, great team. Uh, we will continue this dialogue throughout the week on our social media on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. So uh, really excited about what was discussed this morning uh, because last week was not dull. And we're gonna talk about some things we've been talking about uh, and pointing out to you as viewers and also addressing last week and the market trading down. Bobby, you gave great insight about how the markets communicate with each other. Uh, and I, I, I think you need to share that with our viewers. Yeah, you know, last week we mentioned in the vlog that the market moving event would be the Fed speaking on Wednesday, and that ended up being the case as markets sold off after the Fed decision on Wednesday. And while no action was taken, it was the verbiage the Fed used around having to possibly raise rates sooner than thought that spooked the market. So, but I, today I want to focus on the 10-year Treasury yield because we are analyzing how the 10-year reacted last week. So initially on Wednesday, the 10-year spiked up on the Fed news but traded back on Thursday and Friday. And it's important to know that we watch the 10-year yield because it's a proxy for mortgage rates and it's a proxy for investor confidence in the economy. So in analyzing the 10-year treasury yield, we can get an idea on what the level, on what level the 10-year yield can cause volatility in the stock and the bond market. So looking at this chart, we can get an idea of what the danger zone could be. And we think this high risk region would be the 10-year yield drifted up near the 1.8% range. Last week, we finished the week around 1.4% range. So if the 10-year rose to around 1.8, we could see volatility increase in the stock and the bond market. Remember, in the bond market, bond prices decrease as rates increase. So there's an inverse relationship. So, so for our viewers, the 10-year yield is something to watch for. Yeah, and I, and I think it's a great point too, for our viewers to understand so many times in these vlogs, we've talked about putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And there are times that the bond market will contradict the stock market. And so it's very important to look at all the markets and how they're working together. And this is a great example uh, about that. Also, and Trey, I'm gonna come over to you because you, you gave some great insight today as well from the standpoint that Throughout these vlogs, when inflation has been discussed, we've said we think it's going to wind up ultimately being a non-event. And the bond market is indicating that to us as we speak. So, so Trey, talk about, give examples of how possibly the Fed has been misinterpreted uh, in regards to the market. Uh, yeah, definitely. Thanks, Greg. So one of, one of the big risks that I think the market was concerned is that the Fed would be would be behind the curve and would raise rates too late because of inflation. But we've, we've been talking and the Fed has been saying, and we agree that, that inflation is transitory and, 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 is, and is in specific pockets of the economy because of supply and demand imbalances and bottlenecks. And we've seen a lot of data that supports that over the last week. And let me start though with what the Fed said, which is, which is the Fed said the U.S. is still not at the substantial further progress standard that would allow policy normalization. Now that's that's just that is textbook Fed speak. It, it, it's a lot of words that sound like nothing, but it's important that they're, they're still pointing out that the economy is not strong enough. That's their way of saying the economy is currently not strong enough to stand without Fed support, which means the Fed is still going to continue to support the market, which is very positive. 
Uh, and then the second point that the, the Chairman Powell said is if you want to call this meeting anything, you can call the meeting they had last week, the meeting where they started talking about talking about a meeting where they may raise rates. The, the, the Fed pointed, the, the, the thing that Mark was concerned about is that the Fed, so, several members of the Fed said that they may raise rates in 2023. So we're, we're getting worried about something that's very, very far away. And so and one, of the, and one of the reasons we think it's still very far away is that inflation is, while it's here and there's definitely, we've seen, we've seen prices, we're starting to see some cracks in that, in that mold and it's very, there's very conflicting data. So for example, uh, over the weekend, uh, there are still bottlenecks for sure. Over the weekend, one of the largest U.S. airlines had to had to cancel six percent of their operations of the flights that day because it, it, half of that was due to unavailable flight crews. What that is, that's there's not enough workers. So that's because it takes time to hire and train new flight crews. And so we're seeing prices of airline tickets spike because they can't they can't uh, fly the planes that they have are full. So that that likely will not be permanent. In addition, some areas where we've got we've clients really concerned about inflation is in lumber. If you wanted to buy a house or build a house, lumber has spiked. We've heard a lot of people talk about lumber. Never, lumber's never been this high. Well, actually, since it's since peaking in May, lumber has dropped from one thousand seven hundred eleven dollars per thousand foot to nine hundred ninety six dollars. That's a forty two percent drop in under a month. That's a huge drop from granted over from probably an over extreme price. But we're seeing things turn over in certain points of the market. Copper's down over twelve percent. It, it, now, while oil and gas is, has remained flat, so we're seeing a lot of conflicting data right now. The Fed, so there's no there's no driver that would push the Fed to be aggressively raising rates, or to even or to even consider or talk about talking about raising rates. So the market may have overreacted to what was a really ho hum meeting uh, from from after after we kind of sat down, which is why we likely saw interest rates drop. Initial, the initial thought was, oh my goodness, the Fed's raising rates, inflation is here, interest rates spike, and then as people kind of read through the data. We saw calmer heads come back, and we saw interest rates drop, and and hopefully the market will kind of will, will correct back to to normal areas. Well, and it ties back in what we've said in previous uh, blogs that this is a reset more so than it is a recovery. And you're so right about that. We've talked about supply chains that once they get smoothed back out, that we can see inflation fade out of the picture. We've talked about demographics and the impact it could have on, on bringing inflation down technology and bringing inflation down. The bond market is telling us, hey, folks, this is an overreaction on the part of the stock market. And you're so right about that, Trey. And I thought your backup information there was outstanding. And then there's an interview I did with Fred Katayama on Reuters the other day out of New York City and basically saying the same thing. And so we want our viewers to understand that we fully believe we're in touch with what's going on. And we're trying to get our message out to you to under, understand what can impact your portfolio. And yes, there's volatility, but don't overreact to this. So, uh, and, and Adam, you confirmed a lot of this data this morning when you went into the technical analysis. So talk about that because uh, clients are calling us saying, thank you so much. It keeps me calm as I see the volatility in the market. So talk about resistance and support levels. Yeah, thanks, Greg. And I really appreciate you bringing up volatility. Back to Bobby's point, last week we talked about the main market mover was going to be the Fed speaking midweek. Well, we saw evidence of this. And I'll give a little bit of context. The S&P 500 closed at 4,166 on Friday, pushing our new resistance level to 4,200 with a new support level of 4,130. So Trey actually made the point, too, that you know the Fed had a meeting 
to talk about talking about raising rates in the future. So that disruption, we started the week at record highs. And I do want to point out that we did see the bears come out and see a lot of volatility in the markets. And, and despite the markets falling on Friday, we still saw the year-to-date moving day average of the S&P 500 raise to 4,010. Great so, Greg, I'm going to leave you with that. There's one thing that we're really looking at is that moving day average to make sure that we continuously say it. We're finding that base. Yes. Yeah, the support level, the base of the market. And uh, that is uh, so accurate there, uh, Adam. Thank you for uh, bringing that to all our attention because it just ties all, as I said, it ties all the, the data together. And so last week, the bears had fun. Uh, there was overreaction in the market. That's why we chose our our title market overreaction. And we're going to keep you updated throughout the rest of this week. Can you believe we're halfway through uh, the 2021 year? We're quickly approaching to end the month of June, six months out of the way. We're gonna keep you updated as we continue moving forward because we still see positive things on the horizon for the economy and the markets. Stay tuned, thanks.